When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Young Bucks Podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of choice. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pugar. Corey, it's time to play the Young Bucks. That's what we're all about, right? Because whatever whatever they're trying to do in Pittsburgh just isn't working. We started recording this at 10.49 p.m. on Monday, literally within a, a few seconds of the Pirates losing 2-1. to one. To the Braves, Ronzi Contreras pitched a terrific game, seven innings. But that's their third straight loss, their ninth loss in 12 games. This season is embarrassing. This season is a disaster. They are now 47 and 75. There is very little progress being made in any way, shape, or form. I, w- I want to give a shout out, by the way, to Alex Stump and uh, Chris Halleck and Dayon for doing a fantastic job putting all of this into focus here recently, Jared, about how, hey, this is year three of this crap, okay? Where's the progress? And so at this stage right now, if you're going to be losing and you're going to be embarrassing and you're going to have no chance, at least do so with major league prospects. Not a hodgepodge of nothingness. We're going to talk more about that in the second segment, and whether or not Dennis Eckersley was right or not. He is right about a lot of things. In some ways, he's not. But if you're going to throw out a lineup out there every day with four or five guys who frankly shouldn't even be in the big leagues, Jared, why am I paying attention to the Pittsburgh Pirates? Play the kids, and then I'll offer up some other suggestion here in a second uh, about those kids. Right, and that's the thing. You know, you have to because at this point, right, you're not playing for this year. You're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to sniff the playoffs. So you got to play for the future. Well, that happens by playing those young guys and not just playing those young guys, but being patient with them. O'Neill Cruz is going to struggle. O'Neill Cruz is going to have good days and there are going to be some bad days. And the bad days might outweigh the good ones to start. And that's okay. Hitting a major league baseball and playing every day is not easy, but you have to roll with the punches. You have to get to go with the flow, so to speak, so that, you know what? The struggles that they have this year, won't happen next year and the year after that. And you get this, these growing pains out of the way now so that in the future, you're good to go. Well, that really is the key about being patient. Here's the challenging part. I think it's pretty easy to say, got to be patient with O'Neill Cruz. 
He came into Monday's game and he hit a home run. They lost two to one. Uh, O'Neill Cruz hit a home run. He came into the game with a 633 OPS. That's not going to cut it. Uh, for a guy as good as O'Neill Cruz, as an electric as O'Neill Cruz is, you're, it's not going to cut it with a 633 OPS. Now, 10 homers, you'll, you love that. You love the excitement. Um, it's easy to say be patient with O'Neill Cruz, right, Jared? Because mm-hmm. he's a star. Everybody sees he can be a star. How do you be patient with Jack Sawinski? How do you be patient with Tucapita Marcano? How do you be patient with Bly Madris? Do you see what I'm getting at? When I say play the kids, the the double-edged sword there is a lot of the kids are going to stink. Okay? It's easy to be patient with O'Neill Cruz. You are are 100% certain O'Neill Cruz is part of the future. But if you're going to go to a youth movement, you have to live or die for an extended period of time with Jack Sawinski and Bly Madris and Rodolfo Castro. And, to, and you see, that's where a team like the Pirates really, really struggles because those guys are going to stink sometimes, right? And how it's going to be difficult to be patient with those young guys if you're not 100% certain they are part of the future. But I am 100% certain, Jared, that I don't give a crap about watching the Pittsburgh Pirates with a whole bunch of retread Class 4A players who don't belong neither on that team, in a starting lineup, or maybe even in the major leagues. If if I'm going to pay attention to the Pirates, I want it to be with guys who at least have a prayer of being there in a year or two. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great way to look at it because if if you don't, then why are you doing it? Why even yeah. put a team on the field if you're not going to build for next year, right? You want to see progress. Well, that progress starts in years like this year where you get yes. Jackson Winsky. Um, you get him some extended playing time because guess what? Why let him struggle in AAA or, or have success in, in AAA when he could be doing the same thing and learning on the fly in the majors? I understand it's different. I understand, you know, they still have to have you know, certain things here and there as far as development goes, but that's, that's pregame work. You know, it's nothing different than what you're getting in triple a. Now you're going against major league pitchers. That's what's important. That's what matters here. And I think that's the thing when you look at it, because guess what? This pirates team is not good. I don't necessarily think that this is all Derek Shelton's fault. I think that a lot of his hands are uh, his, his cards are played for him um, rather than, you know, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would trot Josh Van Meter out there um, willingly every day. But at the same time, you know, it, it, he's the field general. He's going to be back in 2023. Ben Sherrington says that. So uh, right now, you know, 2023 is the year. I understand we're in 2022, but 2023 is the year you're playing for and play the young guys. Let's Winsky come back up. And, and see what he can do. Diego Castillo, same thing. I will say this. Kevin Newman has impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's since coming back off of the IL, he's been, he's been really solid for them. Uh, and I think that's exactly what they've needed um, to solidify that. But you also need, there is value in, in having veterans, but, but let's be, let's be real. Play the young guys. Let's see what happens. And it, it can't get any worse. Right? Well, I, I know what's going to happen. And this is what, we've seen basically for the better part of 30 years, Jared. Yeah, we had the playoff stretch and they were good for a good five-year stretch. 
But outside of that, you go back to 19, since this started in 1993, the, there's this fear. There, there's a fear of we're going to ruin a kid if we get him up here too soon. You see what I'm getting at? It, yeah, it, right. If, we, if we're, we're going to ruin him by exposing him and he struggles. What else? What else do you got to lose? I mean, seriously, you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. 30 years this has been going on. These guys can either do it or they can't. And if they but and that's why it's easy to say, play the kids. That is the easiest thing that you can say. It's the easiest thing I can say. It's the easiest thing that any Pittsburgh Pirates fan can say. Well, what if Jack Sawinski comes up and is batting 170 with a 580 OPS over the course of two or three, four or five weeks? Now do you say play play Jack Sawinski? Now do you say play a two competitor? And 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 what I would answer there is yes, because at least at least those guys have a chance to learn from it and can come back next year and be better from it. A lot of these dudes who are just taking up roster spots, what what does DK call them? Waiver dude, latest latest waiver dude comes in and goes over whatever. At least with the young guys, maybe they come up and they perform well. But at least if they struggle, you know they're learning from it. You know you're going to lose 100 games this year anyway. Why not get the... But the fear factor is what Ben Charrington and all these baseball folks, Jared, they worry we're going to break this kid if, if for some reason he comes up and struggles really badly. Right, and that's a really good point. And we're going to get to that here when we come back in the second segment of the Young Bucks podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Young Bucks Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey, before we hit the break, you mentioned being broken. That matters. But why is this a different type of broken when we're talking prospects? Because they're young. And they're, if they fail, this, this notion in baseball, if they fail badly uh, their first time around the big leagues, that it can break them for the future. 
And again, it's easy to give let O'Neill Cruz try to play through all that. Do you do that with so-called lesser prospects or prospects that you're not as sure of? Well, if I'm the Braves, I don't do that. If I'm the Cardinals, I don't do that. If I'm a team that has a bunch of veterans that can play well, I don't do that. If you're the Pirates, you live in a, a different universe. The Pittsburgh Pirates exist in an alternate universe of Major League Baseball. So you're Ben Charrington, and you come in, and you, you, you had the success with the Red Sox, and you did it a certain way. You live in an alternate dimension with the Pittsburgh Pirates because of the money, because of the struggles, because of the lack of ability to go out and get a veteran. You have to rely so heavily on the prospects with, with Tyler Glass now. They never believed in him. They gave up on him. They ship him away. You know, you, you've, got, you've got to let guys fail, even at the big league level. Other organizations don't necessarily have to do that, Jared. The Pirates do. The Pirates have to let them sink or swim at the big league level, as opposed to throwing out this garbage of a lineup that, quite frankly, I don't understand why anybody would pay any money to see it. Right, and I think that's the thing, too is you there is value in failure right because that's what's going to make a make or break a player how they respond to adversity how they respond to failure in baseball if you fail seven times out of ten you are a success you're in fact probably a hall of famer if you fail seven times out of ten now if you fail eight times out of ten you're right at the mendoza line your, your work, you, you, you got to go find your life's work. like Chuck And, used and to if say. you fail nine times out of 10, <laughs> you're an active player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So oh, wow. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you've, you have to balance that. You have to balance that ability to, to fail. Because again, the Ronzi Contreras is a perfect example. Ronzi Contreras did not need to be a triple A. No. However, development purposes, air quotes, listen, throwing four, five, six shutout innings in AAA is not going to do anything for you in the major leagues. It's not going to help your major league team, which is where he should be. You know, so you have to play those guys. And and listen, if they're broken, fix them. They didn't fix Tyler Glass now. They did not build him back up. But sometimes, you know, you look at a guy like Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller blew through the organization, had a lot of success, was incredible for uh, the Outside Curves championship run uh, a couple years ago. Gets to the majors, he is not himself. And you know what they were with Mitch Keller? They were patient. Right. It wasn't Tyler Glass now 2.0. That kind Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller was terrible for a while, for a good while. And they stuck with him. And it's That's, paid off. Now, and it, but again, let me throw this up because I do think this is a key point. It's easier to be patient with O'Neill Cruz and easier to be patient with Mitch Keller. When you truly believe they are absolutely and but how many guys are there in the system? We're going to talk in the third segment. Nick Gonzalez is back. Henry Davis should be back before too long. Uh, so there are, there are building blocks in the system. But the key point I keep making is if it's an elite level prospect, sure you can be patient with those guys. What I'm stressing is the Pirates need to be patient with a whole lot of guys mm-hmm. because they've only got a few elite level. You know, Nick Gonzalez's or, or Mitch Keller's or Tyler or I'm sorry. Uh, O'Neill Cruz's. So that's why I keep saying it, it's easy for us to say play the young guys, but fans need to understand when they play the young guys, the young guys are going to struggle too. The young guys are not going to come in there and light the world on fire, but the experience they could get in struggling the second, the, the, the final stretch of the season, I just think would be invaluable. 
Yeah, right. I mean, look, take a, take a look at a guy like Rodolfo Castro. I don't think he's an elite prospect by any means. I think he's he's up there. I mean, obviously, he, he homered in his, uh, his first five hits in the majors are homers, right? Lightning strikes five times. But he struggles. And then he goes back down. And then he comes back up. He has success. Then he struggles. Then he comes back up. And then cell phones slide out of his pants. Mm-hmm. And... You know, sometimes you got to learn. You have to learn both on and off the field. You know, you can't put yourself in situations like that. But again, there's value in playing and there's value in playing those young guys. Like, like if you look at the Pirates roster, all right, Jason DeLay is getting extensive playing time, which is, you know, just speaks to how dire the catching situation is in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and that's no knock on Jason DeLay, but that's just one of those situations. Well, hey. You know, this is kind of this is kind of the situation. But you look at the infielders. You got Castro. Castro should probably stay up there. Michael Chavis, that's your first baseman if you're not going to call up uh, Mason Martin, who could be Will Crow or not Will Crow, but Will Craig 2.0, right? Will Craig was broken and in a bad way. Uh, and Will Craig was a very, very good human being. There and is in a good player. There is However, a real there is a real threat that you bring a guy up too early. They break them. You and I have been in the minor leagues a long time. The minor leagues have value. I, I, there is there is a real threat in breaking a prospect before he's ready. That's why I keep saying, if you want to play the kids, you got to be patient. But you've got to know the person. You've got to know the man. How how much can this guy withstand a key struggle, right, Jared? Because if they right. get up there and they really struggle, is it going to break them? And if it if you think it might. I mean, that's what the Pirates, they do spend all this money and time on, you know, psychological, sports psychologists and everything. They were one of the first MLB teams to do that. You, they should know which one of their prospects, if they bring up and he hits 190, it's going to do major damage or not to them. Well, and that's the thing. The, the mental game is the hardest part to develop, right? Because you can see, you can you can learn how to hit a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. You can learn how to hit uh, a 12-6 curveball. You can learn how to hit a slider, a changeup, a knuckler. You can learn how to throw the ball wherever. You can know these situations or what have you. But what we don't see is the mental reps that are happening every day. Mm -hmm. And that's where there's value. Those mental reps. Because, again, like you mentioned, we don't know what's, what's between the ears. We can't see that. We can't see that type of development. We can't see what they're doing on the field before every game, how they mentally prepare themselves, how they watch film, but their executives can, their coaches can, and their executives can, and and they're the ones should know that they're the ones paid to know that. Right. Right. So you, you have a good idea, but again, this is where the eye test comes in. There's so many, you can analyze every, every movement, every, every hair in the body, every, any, every motion, everything. But at the same time, as soon as it gets out on the field, those analytics, yeah, they're going to help you. But they also, you know, sometimes you just don't – there aren't analytics for for how players develop mentally. You can have an idea, but like Will Craig, take it in, like that, that play that everybody knows what we're talking about ruined Will Craig. We're going to get into some good news in our third segment, I promise. But I want to close this segment by getting back to real quick the hodgepodge of nothingness comment which I think was true. Um, I, I think a lot of Pirates fans, the vast majority of Pirates fans, would agree with Dennis Eckersley when they're turning on that lineup and, and seeing a hodgepodge of nothingness. 
so I don't I, I I would not say that Dennis Eckersley was incorrect. I think he was I think he was ill informed about the plan of Ben Charrington and, and, and O'Neill Cruz and Ronzi Contreras and, and Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez. All the things that we talk about, if you're listening to a Young Bucks podcast, you know the trades that have been made. You know the potential prospects that could be there in a year or two. That's not a hodgepodge of nothingness. That, that There is a plan. Dennis Eckersley made it seem like there was no plan in any way, shape, or form, and the Pirates were just going completely nowhere. Well, yes, if you watch the Major League team on a given day and you see a hodgepodge of nothing with, with five or six guys that shouldn't even be in the big leagues, I don't fault a, a broadcaster for saying that. Um, but I do think that he was misinformed with regards to the things that we talk about. And we're going to talk about in the third segment, maybe some of the good news of maybe some guys that could help alleviate this in the next couple of years. Right. And, and listen, I think the issue here is if it's just a broadcaster, like if it's an ESPN guy, I don't think it's an issue. But the fact that he was a team employee for the Red Sox, I think that does. Suck. It sucks. It's, hey, but does, he's he, not wrong. By no means is he right. wrong. But it's it's Bush League to say. I would agree. Yeah. I, I've been in the media 30 years. What do I say all the time? I just want people to tell the truth. I, I get tired. Hey, with all due respect, we cover Penn State. I cover Penn State football. I get tired of James Franklin just kind of That's blowing, a hodgepodge of nothing blowing smoke all over the place. I, I want to I want to know the truth. And if it takes right. uh, if it takes a Bush League comment by a, a, a Hall of Fame pitcher in Eckersley. Yes, it was Bush League, but he wasn't wrong. Yeah, and I think the presentation was it was sketchy at best. But at the same time, again, he's not wrong. The Pirates, listen, I've I've been able to cover games in person there, been able to watch quite a few on TV. There is some good about them. I think you know Brian Reynolds is worth the price of admission. Um, Brian Hayes is worth it. Obviously, Brian Hayes is, is hurt, and Cruz, man, Cruz is a, is a guy that could be the face of the organization right. if you wanted to be. But again, he's got to develop into that. That doesn't happen overnight. And some players aren't cut out for that. You know, I, I grew up as a Yankees fan. Derek Jeter had the perfect mentality to handle one of the toughest and harshest media markets. Now, of course he won and you can say about how bad of a defensive liability he was, but you know, now that you see him actually have a personality, you look at him and you talk about a hodgepodge of nothingness. That's every quote when he was in New York. Right. So you have to have the right persona and the right personality to be able to handle being the face of the franchise. But so you look at Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, who I think could carry that. But right now, you know, you got to develop into that. That doesn't happen overnight. And I think there's value in veterans, too. You know, Ben Gamble is a, is is an excellent addition for that team, you know, and, and even <laughs> he was born in this is this makes me feel old because I'm 31. He was born in March of 1993. Uh, I'm sorry, um, April or no, May. Yeah, May, fifth month. I, I get my whole my months confused. <laughs> May of 1992. So he's younger than me and I'm calling him one of the veterans on the team. Right. right. So that's wild to me. But but guys like him and, you know, now Kevin Newman and Michael Chavis, I think there's value in having guys like that on the team. Now, granted, we consider them kind of sort of veterans, but those are guys that are just. They are major. Oh, they're not even 30 yet. They are major leaguers. Right. A lot of guys on this roster are not. And that's where the hodgepodge of nothingness comes into play. DK has been, again, talking about the latest waiver dude guy, where they get these guys. But let's take a break. We're going to talk about a hodgepodge of Maybe something. Maybe in your plans down the road. Well, hey, you get him some time in the in the field and you get him some, some game reps at the major leagues. Yeah. Well, that turns into a trade chip. That's right. So you get to take advantage of that too. So there, again, there are multiple ways and layers to go about the to finding value of playing the young guys. Some of them 
might pay off for the Pirates down the road uh, when they decide to trade all of their young guys like they typically do every four or five years to get so, another batch of nothingness. Well, but let's talk about a hodgepodge of somethingness because I want to get into that in our third segment. We can give you some good news about some some minor leaguers that uh, that that at least give you hope for the future. I like that, Corey. So when we come back from the third and final segment of the Young Bucks podcast, we'll talk about a hodgepodge of somethingness. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospects podcast of choice. Corey, before we went to break, you mentioned what might just be my new favorite saying, hodgepodge of somethingness. And I have a feeling I know where you're heading with this, but maybe our listeners don't know. Oh, I mean, hey, we want to talk about some good news here. Some terrific news uh, last few days with Nick Gonzalez rejoining the Altoona Curve. He's hitting well, had a four hit game the other day. Uh, so it looks like he'll be able to get, you know, a month, month and a half at the end of his season after the foot injury. Henry Davis uh, has been cleared for all baseball activities. He should be playing here before too long and, and maybe back in double A with Altoona in, in the next few days. Mike Burrows pitching well now in triple A. Um, Indy Rodriguez has, has really, really come on over the last month and a half or two months or so. Uh, first at Greensboro and now in Altoona and, and has looked fantastic. So, you know, when we talk about the hodgepodge of nothingness with sometimes with the major league lineup and we say, are those guys even major leaguers? The good news is a lot of the players that Pirates fans have been watching and hoping could become really good prospects. Th- there is some good news about a lot of those. And I didn't mention Quinn Priester. He is absolutely having a, a terrific year. So there's a half dozen guys right there that are probably not too far away, maybe a year or so. Yeah, and I think that's something to really look at. I mean, Gonzalez coming back and being healthy um, has been huge. And, and being around the team over the over the weekend, you know, they're winning games that you didn't expect them to win early in the season. This is and Altoona specifically. Um, is it Friday night? They went down four nothing uh, in the first inning, and it was a struggle. And then they came back third inning, scored three runs, one inning, six uh, or six one run in the sixth inning. You know, and that's a game where Aaron Shortridge pitched. Um, but again, they fought and they clawed. And, you know, since Gonzalez has come back uh, and since they've got guys like Malcolm Nunez, who hit a three run walk off homer um, last week, you know, the kid can hit. But since getting those guys back and Lolo Sanchez has returned too, you know, that clubhouse dynamic has changed uh, in a good way. You know, the dog days of summer are over now it's the it's getting the playoff hunt and the curve are making a stretch they can make a big stretch here uh or big leap towards that against Bowie this weekend um obviously the, the there's value in the opponent that you face and sat a sunday the curve uh wish they probably could have played harrisburg again they took four out of five uh because the sunday game was canceled due to mother nature but again getting guys like gonzalez back and henry davis is close um, and guys like Luis Ortiz that are going out there and pitching well and getting wins. And, and then you mentioned like Quinn Priester, those guys are all making, you know, making this a good little run here. 
and the curve, the curve could do some damage. So, so these guys are knocking on that doorstep to get that late season call up to AAA that I think can happen, you know, sooner rather than later. And, and maybe they'll let them, uh, and we'll talk about this here next week about the chemistry teams, keeping teams together. But, you know, if they don't keep these guys necessarily together in Altoona, they're going to be together in Indy. And we got to mention Luis Ortiz, a guy that I know you my love. Guy, my guy. We talk about him every week. He's, he's, he's still throwing in the upper 90s. Now he's getting some people out. Uh, I was worried about him with the 5 ERA, but he certainly has really good stuff. So, look, there is a lot to like. For, for fans listening to this, if you watch a lot of minor league baseball, you certainly know this is the case. And if you don't watch a lot of minor league baseball, then we can you know, inform you here a little bit. Uh, some minor league teams are really good. Some minor league teams are terrible. Some organizations care about winning in the minor leagues. Some organizations don't give a rip. And so what happened is Altoona was playing really well a few weeks ago. They go down to Bowie and they get clobbered. They just get destroyed. Bowie scored like 50 runs on them in a six-game series. And Altoona lost five out of six, and that dropped them in a big hole in the playoffs. So then they come back. They beat a really bad Harrisburg team, and Harrisburg's really bad. Now they go play Bowie this week, and – so if you're if you're listening to this, folks, pay attention to that curve, the curve box scores this week against Bowie. This will give you an indication because the curve pitching sets just got lit up um, last time against Bowie. So but the bottom line in the minor leagues, it's hard sometimes to take anything overly uh, how, how a guy does against a certain se- in a series or a certain team or whatever, just because the varying levels of success from one team to another, certainly at the double A level. Yeah, there are good players here, Jared, but sometimes these teams are not really very good and and they don't necessarily have a lot of deep prospects themselves. No. And I think the perfect example is Richmond flying squirrels. And I know we talked about this here uh, quite a few times. I mean, they, they were the regulars. They were the first half champions uh, of the curves division, in the Eastern league, and they have significantly fallen off uh, since then. Uh, because of promotions and because of things like that. So when that happens, you know, obviously uh, stuff like that does in fact matter in Eastern league. They have that split schedule, which is both a blessing and a curse. Um, Because if, if it wasn't this way, the curve would have no chance of making the playoffs Um, or, or they could, they could sneak them their way into it. So, I mean, there are a multitude of, of different things that, um, that can happen. And, and it'll be interesting to see really how they continue to develop um, over the course of the season, because there are going to be some more call-ups. Uh, and I think, you know, you're going to see some guys going to trip, going to triple a, you're going to see maybe some guys coming from Greensboro to Altoona, really? which we haven't really had a lot of this year. Um, That's true. Even with, you know, obviously Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, but you know, other than that, they haven't really been big name guys that have been called up. Uh, even missed. with some of the guys that have been promoted um, or gone to the majors. I want to get your thoughts on Leova Pagera. I missed the Curves home series last week. I was away. We have not talked about Leova Pagero. I think he's really dropped off. Did you see what did you see out of him? What what should Pirates fans be thinking about where Leova's progress is right now? You know, I think I think it's just getting adjusted to this level. I know that's going to sound really weird. I mean, he's had an an interesting year to say the least. Um, But uh, again, he's bouncing around and I don't think that, that he's bounced around quite like this um, in his, in his career yet. He's playing all over the infield. um, And it's, that's gotta be an adjustment period. So he's not playing shortstop 
every day, right? We thought of him as this shortstop in the future. Now he's playing some second base. And, and, and I think that's a great thing. I think, you know, there's value in, in versatility, but at the same time, you know, you got to adjust. And, and I think he's starting to, to, to turn the corner here and really continue um, to get better for the stretch run. And I think that we're going to talk to them next um, during the curves, next homestand um, Leo Verpagero and, and Nick Gonzalez, but getting Nick Gonzalez back is going to help uh, Pagaro. Those guys are that's, incredibly close. That's true. And, and, and I think that's something also that you might not always think about, but I think there is in fact um, some sort of value um, as far as that goes. And and who's to say that that's, you know, that that might not be the case, but it, it seems like that is the case. And, um, you know, he's still not having a bad season by any means. I mean, he's hitting 262, um, which isn't necessarily bad at the shortstop position. Uh, eight homers, 46 RBIs, 22 stolen bases. Uh, so those things, uh, it's, you know, he's, he's doing very well there. The OPS is under 700. You can't have right. that at double A. You, you just can't have that. And that equates to a, Five seventy five OPS, and there were some dark times for this for this curve offense during the middle of the season. Yeah, and and that's something you know you gotta you know you have to be cognizant of um, as well. But again, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to uh, to finish up because I think he is going to continue to get better. And obviously, I don't think that he's going to be bounced around anymore. If he goes anywhere, it'll be the AAA. Um, but again, you know. Who knows what's going to happen? That's the beauty of the minor leagues. You don't know when somebody's going to get their name called. Um, it could be right before, right after batting practice, like it was for him, where he had to speed to the stadium. Um, so, I mean, I think I don't think there's any cause for alarm just yet. You know, right now he's played eleven more at this point in the season. He's played eleven more games than he has um, the max in his career. Last year he played 90, 90 games for Greensboro. Uh, prior to that, he played a total of 60, 41 games. So, you know, that's 11 games adds up. 30 more, 30 more games adds up like it did last year. So getting adjusted to that to that extended season, I think, matters. And it'll be interesting to, to see how it, how it continues because it's he's going to be okay. And I, and I think, you know, you, again, this is a guy that you probably should be probably should be patient with because yeah that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier you got to be patient with these guys uh that's that's the key i'm gonna i want to close here jared here's something dk tweeted literally while we're recording this late at night he tweeted every single day jack sawinski spends in indianapolis is a stupid day there's not a damn thing he can learn down there that he can't right here where he already had 14 freaking home runs in two months. And that's, yeah. that sums up our entire podcast here of if you're going to be horrendous and you're going to be unwatchable in a lot of ways at the big league level, you might as well at least do it with guys that you think might have a chance like a Jack Swinski to help you in the future. And so again, I'll, I'll here's the headline we'll probably have on the podcast: play the young guys, but be patient with them. Yeah, I mean you have to be. Again, we're not perfect. We all want to be perfect, right? But in the major leagues, again, if you fail seventy percent of the time, you're a success. And if you fail eighty percent of the time and you're a young guy, you're still a success. 
So you got to be patient. You got to roll with the punches. There are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. Whether you're a prospect like Jack Swinski, Diego Castillo, Leo Vergaro, Nick Gonzalez, O'Neill Cruz, even, you know, on down the road to the, to guys like Bear Bellamy. Um, no disrespect to any of those guys, but, you know, you got to be patient with them no matter what happens. And you have to be cognizant of their development. But again, if you don't show that patience and, and you just let them, I don't want to say wither away in AAA or AA because there is value in playing at those levels. Listen, you don't know what, what you're going to get. Like, when they get to the majors. So if you, if you can go in and get your, get your feet wet, which is what they tried to do with Cruz, right? Last year, they sent him up last week of the season has success, smacks, smacks the baseball, right? Big things are coming. Then he starts to triple a. So there's value in getting your feet wet. There's value of submerging yourself to failure and there's value in overcoming failure. And if you're able to do that, I think good things are going to happen. But again, not only is this development physically, but it's between the ears as well. And that's the hardest part of the development chain uh, to keep track of and to keep developing the way it needs to, to be, you know, an all-star, to be a major leaguer. I'm going to close on bad news. I don't think the Pirates are going to do a damn thing that we just talked about for 30 minutes. So, um, but But the good news is we got to talk about it, Corey. Well, we that's why they pay us the big bucks. And it's easy for us to come on here, but I can also sit here and tell you that I don't foresee Ben Sherrington and and this organization just calling up all these guys and just letting them play for a month or two. To, I, I just don't see it. And so that's why I'm, I'm on record saying the Pirates will never win another World Series in my lifetime. There are many reasons for that. But uh, I don't have faith that the people running this organization are going to be doing the things that we're talking about. Instead, we're going to keep seeing retread guys next year and the next year and the next year. And I, I, I just I, – I, at this point – at this stage – the way they've handled this season, Jared, is so frustrating that it makes me believe that whatever plan they did have, they either abandoned it or it was a bad plan. Yeah, and both could be true. You know, again, you look at that catcher position, and that is, uh, again, this is no disrespect to Heineman or um, or Jason Delay by any means, but that, that's a hodgepodge of nothingness. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But, but again, you know, that's why we're, we're able to podcast. We're able to talk about this. They don't have to listen to us. If they want to, uh, they know where to reach us, uh, by any means, Corey and I are probably going to be available for hire. Well, uh, we're going to need have, us to run the organizations. We'll um, always be here for a hodgepodge of somethingness, either here or on the, we are podcast. We're going to give you a hodgepodge of somethingness all the time. Right. You can always expect something from Geiger and I, but for right now, you can expect us to let you guys alone for the week. We'll talk to you again next week on the Young Bucks podcast from the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar. Thank you, as always, for listening. Mm-hmm.